0: Add Fitbod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me/slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D.me/slash Zabe. With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag. Fire in on that one and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come in football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Today on the Cast, if it weren't for ring doorbell cameras, the story of the teenage girl and the bear would never be believed. Naomi Osaka has bailed from the French Open. Are woke sports writers going to realize how bad this will be for them? What now for Aaron Rodgers post-June 1? Some mask and plexiglass stories, plus some things I never wanted to know revealed at family dinner. Your bonus, uncensored, extra 45 minutes of me, From vacation is locked and loaded, so buckle up, man. Let's go. This is huge, Jim. Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. Thank you for downloading, and thank you for all the kind birthday wishes. I had a great birthday. Weather was glorious on Tuesday down at the Outer Banks. A little bit warmer than Monday. It's going to be a little bit warmer Today. I could use a little bit warmer, but it was California-esque weather at the Outer Banks. A little bit too cold to go swimming for my likes, but that's just me. Anyway, I am doing tonight's podcast from inside the house. I went out at 6.30 a.m. to go get a handheld shark vacuum cleaner from the home depot. Just to clean out all the bugs inside the mobile strike studio, I'm telling you, I did not sleep well because I was so hung up with, oh God, these, these bugs in here, dead bugs in there. I was picking them out one by one, the few that were still alive. The next morning, but I was so glad that Home Depot was up, you know, was was open that early, and they had you know fairly well stocked vacuum section in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, and I got a vacuum and I was like, "Okay, all right, this is going to be okay." Zzz, zzz, zzz. Okay, we're good. All right, I had a story queued up to start with, and this is a absolute gobsmacker of a story. And the internet here just is starting to fuck with me now. I had this all lined up. I don't want to stop the podcast and and start it again. And you have to go edit this. I had it already. Why did it kick me out of the internet? Aquatic Street 273. All right. Now, if hopefully, it won't kick me out of the interwebs here at the house. Okay. Dateline, Bradbury, California. Dateline. Holy fucking shit. If you haven't seen this story yet about the teenage girl. And the brown bear, not a grizzly bear, as one blog put it, it's not a grizzly. It's a brown bear. It's a bear. It'll fucking kill you, but it's not a grizzly. It was not eight feet tall, 400 pounds. Teenage girl saves dogs from bear attack in backyard caught on video. This is quite the story. A 17-year-old Bradbury girl runs right up to a mama bear and pushes her off a wall, all to protect her dogs. Security camera caught the action. Eyewitness News reporter Alice Cheney spoke to the young woman who explains what she was thinking at the time. I had it in me, to be honest. Like, who does that? Who in their right mind pushes a bear? It was a quiet Monday afternoon until a bear makes its way into this Bradbury backyard. The dogs run out, and then 17-year-old Haley follows them out of the house. Honestly, I did not know it was a bear until right after I pushed it. I didn't register in my head that it was a bear. I was like, it's an animal, and it's taking my, my child. And I pushed the bear, and I was like, oh my God, I just pushed a bear. Haley pushed the bear away and protected the family's three dogs. Her mother was shocked when she saw the video. Unfreaking believable. This teenage girl has some serious stones on her. And it goes to point out that when it comes to protecting people and protecting their young, women are quite often, I don't know if more often or not, but they are quite often way braver and heroic than men maybe it's because as men we know a little bit more about the dangers i mean she admitted this girl i didn't even know it was a bear i just reacted guys would look out there going what's all this commotion they'd see a bear on the wall and go oh shit i just break down every time i see him yeah it's It's just horrifying to watch. Haley said she came away from the incident with only a sprained finger on the hand she pushed the bear with and scrapes on her knee. She and the dogs are okay, including her mom's service animal. So she runs up. The bear is perched on top of the concrete little cinder block wall. It's about four feet tall. And it's swiping down at the dogs. Of course, the dogs come out and they start yapping. Looks like it's a black golden... Retriever is that, Do they make golden retrievers in black? Not quite a lab, but it, it looked like some sort of big black golden retriever dog. And then three little yip-yap dogs, probably chihuahuas, and they're running around like crazy, and the bear is swiping. It's up on the ledge. She notices what's going on out here, just runs right to the bear and shoves it right off the wall, or... As Barstool Nate wrote, threw the bear off the wall like the rock throwing Shane McMahon out of the ring at WrestleMania. (laughs) That's some great writing. The bear, I don't think, even saw the teenage girl come up. It was too busy looking down at the dog swiping at him. It It was stunned. It was like, what? Imagine the thought of, I've got to push this thing hard enough to knock it off the wall. It's incredible. But she said, look, my mom's dogs are being threatened, including her service dog. I, I couldn't let this go down. Man, that is something else right there. Kudos to this teenage girl. And what a pe- Haley Morinico, 17, didn't flinch. Went right at the brown bear. Only got a sprained finger to show for it. Amazing. And we move from that profile in True Courage to Naomi Osaka. Oh, boo. You really got to do this, huh? Listen, I'm not calling Naomi. Naomi, I'm not going to say anything about Naomi Osaka's courage, mental health, or anything else. She has withdrawn from the French Open because she didn't want to do press conferences, and that's part of the stipulations of the tournament. It's kind of one of the basic things in professional sports. It's why Marshawn Lynch once said, I'm just here so I don't get fined. And players over the years, Steve Carlton hated the media, didn't talk to him. Albert Bell hated the media, didn't talk to him. Certain guys get away with it, and I don't know how they skirt the rules according to the leagues. But here's the thing that's going on, all right? So Naomi Osaka says that these press conferences, with, with their sometimes vapid questions from the media, are causing her damage to her mental health. And mental health became this big thing in sports, and athletes speaking up about it, oh, I'd say about five or six years ago. And there's nothing wrong with it in the abstract. There's there's a fine line, though, between destigmatizing mental health. I mean, remember Tony Soprano would always say, kept coming back and back again in The Sopranos, where he would say to Dr. Melfi, whatever happened to Gary Cooper? You know, the strong, silent type. Being totally hypocritical because he was the one in therapy. But he wanted men to be like, just be like Gary Cooper, the strong silent type. Deal with your problems on your own. So on the one hand, there's nothing wrong with destigmatizing mental health and taking care of it and talking about it. But what quickly happens in today's society, something that is seen as a woke badge of honor now becomes a valuable asset. So now you've got a leg up if You can claim the mantle of, I'm battling mental health issues. Hell, mental health issues will get you out of some serious trouble with the law and with your career. Brandon Marshall, former wide receiver Denver Broncos, got into a series of very bad domestic violence incidents with his wife. Police were called. I believe knives were involved at one point. And what did he say? Oh, I'm bipolar. Sorry. Ended up getting a gig on HBO Real Sports. Now, I'm not a doctor. I didn't treat him. Maybe he was. But you have to wonder if that's not perhaps a get-out-of-jail card. So Naomi, Naomi, I can't say that name very Naomi Osaka, Naomi Osaka, Naomi Osaka. She's 23. She's taken the tennis world by storm. She's a phenomenal player. And I don't doubt that some of the questions are dumb as shit and vapid as hell, and self-serving, and everything else. But you know what? I'm from the old school that says, hey, it's part of the job. It does promote the sport. You can say, oh, but you don't need press conferences to promote the sport. Everyone knows who Naomi Osaka is. Now, journalists will say, look, we're the ones out there on the front lines asking questions, talking to people around the sport that can tell the story and humanize athletes, in a way you would not otherwise get by just watching the games. That's a fair point. But here's the problem. Most sports writers are very, very hard left, and so they are very much in the cult of wokeism and sensitivity to such that they are going to... Feed the beast, and the beast is going to come devour them. So in feeding the beast of, hey, talk about mental health, it's mental health month, this is great. This athlete is taking time out to deal with their mental health. I'm going to write a story about it. I'm going to write a column about it. Isn't this wonderful? What? What's that? Naomi Osaka is not going to do interviews? Wait, Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay, hold on a second. I mean, the contortions I've been reading from some sports writers about well, I respect her need for space, but we shouldn't demonize the press conference. Yeah. Duh. Because guess what, sports writers? You're looking your career ending square in the face. That's right. This is the start of what could be the fight for your careers. Because if at some point the momentum, builds in which they go we don't need we don't you know what we don't need press conferences then they're not going to have them if leagues say you know what f you know what journalists you don't need to go i mean baseball writers got an hour in the clubhouse prior to games before the pandemic hit it was the fertile breeding ground for these writers and columnists to do their jobs that has not come back yet they may be granted by the end of the summer the chance to be on the field briefly for BP, but not the kind of access they once had. And I know some writers and some journalists uh, like Brittany Giroli, who we had on the podcast a while ago with Carol. She said, man, I want to get back in there as soon as I can. That This is how we do our job. And I think the good ones, they make the most of it. Others, not so much. But this is... This is what happens. You start feeding the beast of, oh, isn't this great? They're taking care of their mental health. And then it's like, oh, now guess what? I don't want to talk to you guys at all. And then leagues and tournaments will say, yeah, we probably don't need that. We'll just have a pool reporter. we'll We'll have somebody from the tournament ask a few questions. You can get your quotes off of that. And then next thing you know, they're looking at these writers going, why are we paying this writer? $140,000 a year, plus expenses to travel around the globe and write stories about sports games that people are less tuned into these days. It's not good. Wokeism, like a lot of things on the left, it ends up eating its own tail, like a snake eating its own tail. Oh, yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge, apparently battling depression, trying to figure out what to do with his life now that he is retired from the NBA. I wish him the best. I don't blame him. I totally get it. I've often said being a pro athlete and being at the top of your sport, making millions of dollars, being cheered by 50, 60, 70, 80,000 people every single week, being talked about as the greatest thing ever. And then at some point in your late 30s, when you're still a very young man, relatively speaking, it all ends. And then you're like, well, what do I do do now? And the smart ones figure out, okay, there's life after this. There's business to be had after that. I can get into this. I can get into that. But I'm sure it's a hell of an adjustment period. You're like Kramer retiring to Del Boca Vista at a very young age. (laughs) What do you do? Play shuffleboard all day? You figure things out, but it's. It's not easy. You have to let go of, yeah, I used to be kind of a big deal. Yeah, people used to want my autograph. Yeah, people used to see me. Speaking of which, remember that girl who complained about the weight room at the NCAA? You know, she cut that viral video. Got this email from John Gallagher. Thank you, John. Zabe, regarding the 300-pound comment with the WNBA coach that got suspended, we're going to be seeing a lot more of this. That is, and by this he means female athletes complaining about sexism because it's the best way to get attention. And quick, how many points per game does Liz Cambridge score? What team is she on? How did they do last year? Have you ever heard her name before this incident? Dunno, 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 no, says John, answering his own questions. She's probably gotten more time on the news and ESPN for her comments than she's gotten her whole career off of actually, you know, playing the sport. Kind of like the NCAA weight room thing. First and last time you probably ever heard of Sedona Prince, right? She got her 15 minutes of fame, probably a ton of social media followers because of that complaining, and not her basketball skills. When the female athletes realize this is their ticket to fame, we'll be seeing a lot more of this. And that is true. Some instances, though, are more legit than others. The women's weight room was a fucking joke, and I thought Sedona Prince cut a pretty funny promo on the head of the idiot who set it up, which, by the way, happened to be, wait for it, wait for a woman. That's right. A woman was in charge of the women's tournament and said that's all the weights that these gals need. I think uh, my work is done here. Forget that woman's name Andy Poland knew it right right off the bat. Uh, and I do not believe she's been relieved of her duties. Of course not. Why would she? Moving right along. It's uh by the way, uh one more thing about the uh you know Liz Cambridge story. The 300-pound thing is funny because if he had said 270, 280, or 250, or two eight, two nine, like it was the 300 that was considered an insult. And I guess that is sort of the dividing line. Hey, you're 300 pounds. Oh, whoa, wait. As if 299 is any better. It's really not. But here's the irony someone else pointed out. Lizzo, pop superstar that she is, has been said she needs to be celebrated for her body. And I remember when uh, Biggest Loser, uh, what's that gal's name who I like, she comes out and says, oh, well, it won't be so great if she gets diabetes. And, man, she took a beating for that. Well, she was in the news again saying, I didn't mean to make it personal. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, But bottom line is, you know, Overweight and obese is definable, it's easily identified, and it's real, and it causes genuine health problems no matter who you are. We should not celebrate it. The irony is, if a coach says to a woman, she's 300 pounds, using the Lizzo principle, shouldn't she then, uh, shouldn't that be considered a compliment? Like, oh why thank you very much you're right i'm 305 pounds i've been working very you you love me for who i am and i appreciate that why do i get brain lock biggest loser female trainer she's super famous no internet now i can't remember it it's like i gotta stop i ain't gonna edit this damn podcast i'm on vacation for god's sakes It'll come to me. I'm just going to press on. It'll come to me, and I'll pu- I'll blurt it out as I go along here. Okay, pivot, pivot. Oh, by the way, my, my sister, Anne Marie, has a Friends T-shirt that says Pivot on it. It just says Pivot in the Friends font, that sort of proprietary font they use to write out Friends on the title screen, and then it's got the couch. I saw the t-shirt and I go, oh my God, sis, that is classic. She goes, yeah, I know. Isn't it great? And I said, I didn't even know about that scene until I was doing the show in Milwaukee in the morning with the boys and I made a hard transition to another topic and somebody said, pivot. In fact, I think it was Matt Miller, our movie critic from on milwaukee.com and, uh, I was like, what does that mean? He's like, friends. And I go, ah, I didn't really watch the series. I know. You're like, "Uh, how could you not watch the series? I don't know. I was doing something else the night it was on. It just never resonated with me. I was ER and I was Seinfeld. I watched the shit out of those two shows. Everything else, not so much. So I'd never seen it. I looked it up and I watched it and I laughed my ass off. So we use that all the time now. But she's got a t-shirt that says Pivot. (laughs) It's got the couch. Okay, where were we? Moving right along. Pivot. Pivot. Aaron Rodgers is still a Packer, and it's June 1st. It June 1st came, and June 1st went. Sort of like the mythical monster at the end of the book with Grover. And no, I don't have Scott Lynn here to do his perfect Grover impersonation. Some were saying, ooh, this is the next big moment, because after June 1, if they trade him, they can prorate the cap hit over You know, X number of years. A post-June 1 trade will be a lot better. He's not getting traded. The market for a Rodgers trade is not ripe right now because there's not a lot of teams that are sitting there going, we don't really know what we're doing with our quarterback situation. One of those teams that's been mentioned as a possible trade landing spot is Washington. The other one is Cleveland in a convoluted well. Even though Baker Mayfield's shown some promise, of course you'd replace him with Rodgers if you could, and then you'd do this and this and this. The market's not there right now. You want to, if if you're going to have to trade Aaron Rodgers, if you're the Packers, you want to whip up a frenzy that lasts for a month at least. And with it being known certainty, Rodgers is available for the right price and get a bunch of bidders in on it. There's just not enough teams right now that are really ready to go in on it. And it's very late in the cycle, you know, I... I often poo-poo the whole. Oh, you got to do this off-season installation, uh, and I, and I joke. and I'm like, come on, this shit doesn't really matter. It does if you're going to bring in a new quarterback and you're going to bring in, you know, and model m- model whatever season or whatever system, whatever offense that you you're going to run with him. You don't trade for a guy post June one. Now that said, watch, he'll probably get traded tomorrow. Traded tomorrow. No, he's not going to get traded at all. Uh, a trade will not happen this summer. I think only one of three things can happen with Rogers. One would be right and this I think is the most likely. 80% chance I'm calling for this. Rogers declares victory, mocks people who thought it was ever a thing and shows up to camp on time. He shows up and they're like, "Oh my god, you're here." And he's like, "Yeah, of course I'm here. What did you think? Well, you missed the OTA, you missed the you know, these other uh, the mini camp. Yeah, you know what? I was clear in my head. I was recharging my body. I was spending time with my fiancé. I mean, come on, guys. 16 years in the league. You know I didn't need to go to those things. But I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready to make a run at a Super Bowl championship, which we have the team to do. (laughs) What are you guys getting all worked up over? So this way, this is the only way Rodgers can claw back a little bit of sort of a, a win of sorts, is to tweak the Packers' noses to put him in a headlock and give him noogies, which is what he's doing right now. Like, ow, ow, ow. Oh, oh, come on, Rodgers. He's not really hurting the Packers. He's just kind of making them a bit nervous. But he comes back and he plays. That's option one. I think that's 80% chance of that happening. Option two is that Rodgers holds out and reiterates that he would like to play somewhere else. And says he is willing to sit out the season if that's what it takes. In other words, the Le'Veon Bell, oh, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts plan. Or Trent Williams, another guy who did that. The third option would be a true retirement. Would be a kumbaya, I found what I want to do in life. It's host Jeopardy and go to Hawaii all the time with my fiancée to be bride, I'm out of football. I'm done. I think that's about a 2% chance. So 80% chance, according to Zabe Metrics, right now as of June second, two thousand 2021, 80% chance Rodgers effectively declares victory by giving the Packers noogies and put him in a headlock for two months, threatening to do all this other stuff, but then shows up and mocks people who ever thought it was a thing. 80%. Rodgers holds out and says, I want to play somewhere else. I wasn't kidding, and I'm ready to sit the season. That's at 18%, and I'll give it 2%. There's a true retirement. But there's not going to be a trade because the market isn't ripe. It's not there. Like I said, when Cleveland and Washington are in discussions or are in the think pieces by you know guys at ESPN about, well, he could end up here, you know the market's all wrong. It's not ripe. It's not ready. Now, next year, A number of highly attractive places could be ready. Now, Rodgers does not have a no-trade clause, so don't think he can just dictate, but he's at the point where if they try to trade him to, say, Cincinnati, well, that's a bad example because they've got Burrow, if they try to trade him somewhere that is down market that he would never want to play for, then he could then truly retire. He could truly threaten to retire. He can soft blow up any trade. So it's sort of a soft no-trade clause. Here are the teams that would possibly be in the market next winter. Pittsburgh, as the Big Ben thing winds down, assuming Dwayne Haskins does not come on like gangbusters. New Orleans, if the Jameis Winston experience is not all it's cracked up to be. The Giants, if Daniel Jones craps the bed. Denver is still lurking around. The L.A. Rams could be in the market despite the trade for Stafford because if Stafford really shows that he's shot and it doesn't work anymore, the Rams would throw him overboard and go for Rodgers and the Las Vegas Raiders. But I think San Francisco is out, which would have been one of his spots, and I think the Chargers are out, which would have been another spot he would have liked. With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag. Fire in on that one and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come in football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. You know, we're driven by the search for better. Need to hire? You need. Indeed. Pivot, how's the pandemic going for everybody? Here at the Outer Banks, you can't even tell. I see a mask every now and then. I see masks going into the Harris Teeter. Okay, fine. I see employees at certain places wearing masks. I, I saw the bartender at the golf course I was at today wearing a mask, and I just said, oh, God. Why are they making them do this? Why? That said, there's two stories of note, at least I'm going to bring up. Well, first of all, not a story, but true true anecdote from the house here. Watching the Carolina-Tampa Bay hockey game, and it's loud and everyone's there. And my wife says, where is that? And I go, Carolina. And she said, and they didn't have to prove they were vaccinated? And I go, nope. She's like, all right then. Of course, the one thing I noticed was fans have no masks. Players have no masks. Refs have no masks. Oh, look at John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning and his staff. Look at Carolina's head coach. Quick, who's their head coach? I don't know. They've got masks. Really, NHL? Why are you doing this? Nobody has masks in the building. Why are you making the coaches wear masks? I am damn sure these coaches got vaccinated themselves because unlike players who might be hesitant, given that they're athletes and their body is their temple and they're worried about, well, I don't want, you know, who knows what this vaccine will, how it will affect me. The coaches are different. You know, they're vaccinated. Why are they making them wear masks? It's insane. So anyway, then to the other story of note, Reason.com magazine had a study or had a story in which they cited experts and they quoted them as saying, not only are the plexiglass dividers that have popped up during the pandemic and persist today, not only are they probably worthless, they might also be worse than worthless they might actually be causing more transmission how by blocking airflow so in other words if an infected person <laughs> or chew or just <sighs> into that area with the plexiglass and the virus sort of lingers there and it gets blocked it goes under or around the plexiglass and then it lingers behind there as the you know, counter worker at your seven eleven deals with it, it might actually increase infections. One of these days there is going to be a giant bonfire of those plexiglass dividers, but that day is not today. Something's rotten in Philly. Glenn Macknow tweeted, How is this possible? and cited a story that shows that this season, flyers television ratings in Philadelphia are up 16% despite the fact they missed the playoffs. Sixers television ratings are down 10% despite the fact they are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Joel Embiid, by the way, hurt late in that game against the Wizards in game four. Uh, Their team plane broke down. They had a bus back to Philly from Washington. Never a Fun thing, got in at 6 a.m. He could be good the rest of the – he may not play the next game, but they say they're hopeful for his health the rest of the playoffs. Anyway, how is it, Mac now says, that the Flyers' ratings are up 16%, the Sixers are down 10%? And, man, the comments are fascinating off of that tweet. And I'm just here to say I don't know how much of that could be the so-called – get woke, go broke thing and the social justice messaging and the so-called, quote, politics in the NBA, which is really not politics. It's more social justice stuff. You can't dismiss it. It's scrubbing speed off of the product. Adam Silver, call your office. Now, there could be a lot of other things in play, and the Philly market is interesting when it comes to sports and the fans. A lot of people in the comments said, well, we can tell NBA players don't give a shit in the regular season. Why should we? That's a great point. Maybe Sixers TV ratings. I would hope they'd be up locally for the postseason, right? Especially if they make a deep run, yeah. But that was an interesting thing right there. Finally, let me end on a couple things uh, over dinner. Things I did not want to hear at dinner time tonight here on vacation at the Beach House. My mom apparently said, and I guess this was true, my my younger sister, Amory, she's my sister, Amory, my younger sister, my sister, Amory is nine years younger than me. Uh, She was a whoopsie, hey, we finally got a girl. Mazel, mazel, mom and dad. After two boys, uh, nine and 11 years older, nine-year gap. It's not the strangest thing in the world, but whatever. They get their sweet little girl. And my mom says... That I actually brought my sister into third grade show and tell. (laughs) I don't remember this. And mom said she actually brought my sister Anne Marie in to elementary school for show and tell. I was mortified. I was like, oh, God, why? Why'd you let mom? Why'd you let me do that? Could I not find a box turtle somewhere? in the weeds and take that in for show and tell. Like a normal third grader, you let me bring my sister in. And this is my sister. She's a baby. And yes, she's nine years younger than me. Okay, any questions? <laughs> my mom also said that she would let my brother and I, ages nine and 11, two boys, take Marie. In the stroller, on a walk around the neighborhood on the in the mean streets of McLean, and she said, thinking back about how I would have never in a million years, like nowadays parents are not that way, <laughs> like we're two boys who knows what we could have done with our sister on that walk different time though different time uh my sister my daughter megan didn't did not know apparently there were other vacation movies because my brother and I were quoting from the original vacation movie and Megan is like wait what there's other va-? I'm like yeah there's European vacation afterwards stunk Vegas vacation stunk even harder there is the remake of vacation with Ed Helms awful movie she was blown away by that she also blasphemed Christmas vacation she said you know That movie is kind of overrated. I just got to say it. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. That movie is like the Citizen Kane of my generation. I then brought up F.P. Santangelo to my sister-in-law, Beth, who's a big Nats fan. She's got license plates that say, Go I-0 today. Or just go 1-0 today. Does that all fit on one license plate? I don't know. It's the phrase... And FP would say this, the analyst for the Nats, go 1-0 today. And the Colts had that saying as well, go 1-0 today. It's a great motivational thing. You know, every day, each day is its own thing. Just focus on going 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. That's how you win at life. Okay. She couldn't get 1-0 because it was taken, apparently, as a vanity plate. So she got, you know, go I-0, and it looks like a 1, and it's fine. I then asked her, I said, so what do you think about this FP situation? Because he's no longer on the air pending, I guess, being resolved or fired due to sexual misconduct. It then spawned a discussion at the dinner table about sexual misconduct versus sexual harassment versus sexual assault. And what was interesting is that my mom, bless her heart, was pretty defensive of FP going, yeah, he was accused from some woman who's remained anonymous. And I said, well, I don't know about that, mom. I think she put it out on Instagram. And that spurned a bit of a lively back and forth with my sister. And, you know, I said, look, and, and this is where I said, it's only misconduct. It's not even harassment. What's the difference? And I said, well, I think legally the difference is harassment would be a targeted, ongoing pattern of behavior. That was a, you know, a sexual aggression. That would be harassment. Misconduct is just sort of you rub someone the wrong way, which in today's day and age can be fatal to your career. And, of course, sexual assault is sexual assault. It can range from anything such as touching somebody's hair or sniffing them. Well, maybe sniffing is a little bit much. But touching them, unwanted, that's assault, to something very heinous, obviously. I then had to try to explain ballplayers to my family, which was interesting. I go, look these ball players you got to understand they take a run at everything and anything for the most part they're they're just made different they they just are i'm not excusing it it's not the way it should be but this is who you're dealing with an fp santangelo who i believe is divorced or maybe just single never been married good looking guy like things are going to happen at some point And then I went on to pretty much say how much I hate lacrosse, which I don't want to get into here because a number of you played lacrosse, you love lacrosse, and that's great. But everyone's got to have their least favorite sport. Hell, for a lot of you, it might have been the uh, Indy 500 talk yesterday with Ron, who, by the way, is Ron, I love you, but now you've you've created a lot of work for me because my email inbox is flooded with people going, hey, I'm going to take Ron up on that offer to go to Indy. Can you send me his email address? Oh, God. Here we go. But I do want to go next year. But anyhow, I was talking lacrosse, and I was talking about how lacrosse players, I said, look, lacrosse players are pretty much, for the most part, but not exclusively, rich white kids who are too soft to play football. Oh, boy, did that spark some discussion. <laughs> then it, but then I said, you know, and they're like, what do you mean? Lacrosse is really rough. They hit each other, and they're, they whack each other with the sticks. I go, Ain't as rough as football. Ain't as rough as getting tackled by three 290-pound guys or one almost Liz came Sorry. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. It's not as tough as hockey in my opinion. Yeah, it's tough-ish, but, you know, and some guys, I then point out that Jim Brown, the greatest football player of all time, was also a lacrosse player at Syracuse. That blew everybody's minds. See, I just had all this information. Some of the information they liked. Some of the information they did not like, bottom line. Okay, I'm going to end on this. First of all, let me see what I teased as my ending. Okay, that's it. Got that good. We're at 38 minutes. been a little bit rough. Otherwise, not bad. Let me end on this. Email from Bill Venny. Venny. He writes hockey guy or hockey slash guy F. Steve, I love having the guys back together. The chemistry is spectacular between you, Sally, and Scott. Very enjoyable listen. Glad you were able to put the band back together. Couple quick things. One, hockey talk. I say bring it. If you want to talk hockey, I'm there. I know I'm probably in the minority, but I'm putting in a note in a vote for more hockey. Any NBA chat that goes beyond the clowning of Laflop the fast forward button gets tapped. The NBA became unwatchable 20 years ago. Well that would have been Jordan's retirement 20 years ago. The sooner the Bucks lose the less NBA talk I've got to tolerate here in Wisconsin. Secondly, Guy Fieri is a hack. He went to school for hospitality He's got some cooking education, but he had more of a management background. His actual cooking skills are suspect. He does give back and do a lot with charities. I'll give him that, but he's a stooge in my book. It's like when Fox or ESPN kick out a big contract for Skip, Colin, or Screaming A. You shake your head and say, who likes that turd, and who are they competing with for that contract? I think the same thing applies to Guy Fieri. Thanks, Bill Venny. Bill, interesting take. And I bet there are a lot of very accomplished chefs looking at Guy Fieri going, this guy sucks. How is this guy popular? Because he connects with the mainstream average hoople head on the couch. And there's a lot to be said for that. That's why Roseanne is a TV show. Far less sophisticated than some of my favorite TV shows. Not very funny compared to some of the ones I liked was like the number one show on television. Never underestimate the averageness of the core market in this country or just anywhere. There's a lot of fish down there to be had at that level. And so the Guy Fieri's, the Stephen A. Smith's, the Roseanne's, they're fishing and they're catching a lot of fish. And I try not to be bitter about I'm not bitter about it. Good for them. All right, that's it for me today. Reminder, the Bloody Horns is back. That's right. My two-man scramble that was meant to be the antithesis of your boring corporate charity scramble. <laughs> hey, look, we got one in the fairway. We had four cha- This is two guys. Captain's choice, yes, but 7,345 yards of Jack Nicklaus terror at the Bull Piners Farms. It is on Saturday, July 24th. Two days after the Caddy Day tournament, which is more of a scramble, just fun to go out and drink, but this is a serious competition. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun, even if you know you're going to take the horns on most holes because we're playing the tippity-tips and the pins are tucked, guess what? It's a lot of fun. Join me. Go to bloodyhorns.com, sign up your twosome today, and I will see you out there. Thank you for listening. Have yourself a great Wednesday or any Wednesday you want to have, and I will... We'll see you next time. With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something something in the game with mybookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, my bookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag. Fire in on that one and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come in football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.